You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. Guess who's back? Back again. Joes are back. Tell your friends. Hey, what's what's up? We're the Fantasy Joes. We're all back. Um... It's me, Ryan, at Riddle Librarian. We got Takes with Jake, Jake Patterson, and the birthday boy himself. It's Will the Thrill Greenwood. All three Joes going around to the outside. We're at the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I know not know where we're stopping. <laughs> I remember my youth. This I'm is why I refuse to go. 35 years young by the time you listen to this. You know, happy birthday to me. I love to celebrate the birthday week. Only really started celebrating it today, but tomorrow. Uh, on Thursday, October 28th, mark it on your calendars because uh, it is the most important day of the year. Let's go. You're a baby compared to Tom Brady. I mean, you know, um, but we've accomplished equal amounts in our lives. It's fine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's the he's the goat of um, quarterbacks, and you're the goat of dynasty podcasters. So you have a lot of hey, I don't have any like children with with passwords, so I'm good to go. Going strong on the one. Take that, Tom. <laughs> Jake, how are you doing this evening? Doing fantastic. It is good to be back with the Fantasy Joes. I'm glad I refused to go first because I could not bring that kind of energy. <laughs> oh, you could. Some Tom could. Brady hate for his infidelities in the past. Take that. <laughs> Got him. Um, yeah. Got nothing and, on you. And, and- <laughs> Thank you. Best person wrestling. <laughs> So Tom Brady's one of the names we're going to talk about tonight, guys. We're going to jump right into basically players and player values. It's been an interesting year in fantasy football, interesting year in the NFL, and values all over the place. So we're going to really focus a lot tonight on uh, players we're interested in and the dynasty values. What do we want to do with them? We want to buy them, sell them, hold them. Not sure what to do with them. So we're going to figure that out tonight. So bury the headline first. Um I'd like to say a good, like our, the biggest moment of the week is a goodbye to the moments and letdowns of the fantasy Joes. Uh-huh. I had the honor of being a part of it for like, I want to say two or three weeks. And, and now we are saying goodbye and moving on to greener <laughs> pastures. Right. Well, well uh, moments, letting go of the moments and letdowns. Our, and the biggest letdown would probably be, our goodbye viewer, to the moments of listeners. Our listeners, yeah. No, well, well, <laughs> it, it, well it, it's a logical transition too because we are recording. I, th- I think this will get released Thursday night, Friday morning. We're recording Wednesday night, but we're transitioning to recording on Thursday nights. So by the time this show comes out, Friday mornings, you're already into your, you know, one game into your week, and it just doesn't make any sense to look back. It's it, it, it's not necessarily actionable um, in terms of what to do with your dynasty roster. So it just makes sense to. Focus on other things. Um, and, and this is such a pivotal time, guys, because, you know, at this point in the season, you really should have a good idea of where all your teams are going. You, you should have a good idea if you're a contender, if you're a pretender. And, you know, if you're somewhere in, the, in between, then you really know you got to do something because that's not a good place to be. So but what if you're a pretender and you want to be a contender? No, I guess it depends on the rest of your league and what the contenders look like, right? I mean, I guess you, you just got to make the playoffs, Ryan. You just got to make the playoffs to win the fantasy league. Yeah. You know, I think Will in That's the been my league, motto throughout this whole time. And it, it yeah. has bit me, but also benefited me quite a bit. Yeah. I, I will say that 
like I see that a lot in redraft leagues where you know someone struggles to get the playoffs and, and they make a title run. In Dynasty, it's a little bit more uncommon. I, I mean, th- there are definitely times that happens. Uh, notably, like last year for me, the Foot Clan Dynasty League that that we're in, Will that Trey had a really dominant team. Thanks to Josh Allen, I made a very um, unlikely run to a title, but I think that's rare. Wouldn't you guys say that in Dynasty? It's it's usually the, it's the top teams that make the run to the title. Not always, but usually. Uh, like my my best league in history is one that I took over from one of Trey's friends who he ended up passing away in that league, and my team was not the most dominant. It wasn't the best. Ended up going on and winning that league. There is Fantasy football has the most amount of luck factor of what can lead you to a championship. It is amazing. So I, 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 I think you need to sell assets for the right prices in general. Like, but my passion is all poured into uh, rebuilding has been full rebuilding from the beginning of the season. That doesn't matter. Any sort of like pretender slash middling team. I'm okay with making moves for pieces to compete for this year, because that's what keeps me interested. Otherwise I'm, 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 I'm kind of like, and it's a bad, maybe a bad dynasty overall, Jake, because you've taken advantage of this, and I've seen some of your leagues, your teams really blossom into absolute dominant forces because of the picks you've acquired. But I can't. It's hard for me to give up the year over year, like at least giving it a go. You know, I, I don't know. To answer Ryan's question on like, do I think it's tougher in dynasty leagues to kind of sneak in and win your league? Um, absolutely. And I think one of the main reasons is in dynasty leagues, especially established ones that are, let's say, at least three years in, I feel like there tends to be at least a superpower or maybe two or three um, that stick out at the top of your league that are pretty much the teams to be, right? And if you're just squeaking in, I completely agree with Will that fantasy football is like so luck-based. Um, and how Ryan mentioned it in the Patreon show, how this year is just kind of, it feels like it's been more of a crapshoot for, um, for him. um, specifically and that's kind of just the how little we know um in fantasy right and just how how any week anything can happen right like we have a gentleman in one of our leagues who's pretty much trying to tank and he won our weekly winner where he was the highest he had the highest output this week even though he's pretty much trying to lose so anything anything any, any week can like can happen right so it's definitely possible but dynasty compared to redraft it's definitely tougher because you just have those superpowers where at least in redraft everyone is starting from a level playing field but but well i, I do like your point though you got you gotta like stay interested in your league like if if it you know if, if you if it if that's what it takes if you need to you know sell a first round pick to you know get tom brady to make a championship run if you feel, feel like it's the right thing to do you know maybe you know, it's not the wisest move long-term for your dynasty team, but if it, you know, helps you be a contender, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, I think that is the end of the day, play to have fun. Um, and then, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with trying to be competitive. And, and yeah, if you, I mean, if you, if you, you're close, but I think you also want to be realistic and, and look at how your team compares to other teams in the league. And, and, you know, if you, if you, if you feel like you're a legitimate contender, you're a strong team, I'm all about being aggressive, but if it's, um, if you're, if you're borderline, I don't know. Yeah. I think you just gotta, you gotta be smart. Yeah. I also think it, 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 it revolves around heavily is the buy-in to the league. Uh, if the buy-in yeah. is 25 or 50 bucks, I'm going to be more apt to give it a go. Like every season of as best I can. If we're talking a $200 league year over year, if I'm out, I'm, I'm just going to like shy back away and be out because I, you, 
the the risk for the future for what that first round pick could be in Superflex with like a short bench, like in the FFBC league I'm in, like I have a first round pick that I had a ton of trade offers for this past week because I by apocalypse hit that team harder than any other team I've ever seen. Um, minus some mistakes made in another league, but anyway, unimportant. I got a bunch of offers for this like first round pick that I have with the team that's going to be like bottom five or four. And I was like, no, like, I'll just take, I'll just take this loss and I'll take the loss against the average too. I'll take two, like, basically you need to accept like what you can and can't with how your team build is going. Like I've lucked out until this point. Uh, I will not be leveraging that, that merging that future uh, beyond that. Guys, should we get into these players and this, this list of guys? Cause it's a, it's a fun list. And I don't know if we want to go in order of the list or if you guys want to just kind of jump around and grab names that you want to talk about the most, how, how do we want to get this started? So we're going to jump around. I have um, a question. For the two of you <laughs> I like it. To, let's let's to, jump around to start us off. Okay. Um, and it's not going to be an easy one. If we were starting a rookie draft today for last season, tight end premium 1.5 PPR. Rank these three guys who are we all are going to we're going to talk about them all. Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase. I think they're Ryan McDowell had a tweet um, recently this week that I think they all have uh, a reasonable like you could debate them all being their respective number one overall in dynasty at their position. Um, I agree, at least with Chase and Pitts. We'll get into that in further detail. But how would you guys rank them in a rookie draft today, knowing what you know? It's Chase Harris. I mean, for me, it's easy. And you said tight end premium, right? And that yeah, just, just 1.5, nothing too, too crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's things to be excited about all those guys. But but we're finally seeing with Kyle Pitts, and I'm, I'm so happy we're starting to see it, just the the monster that he is and the just the mold breaker that, that Kyle Pitts is going to be in this league. Um, and, and obviously Chase is – um, phenomenal has had an amazing start that that chemistry has with Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, what's, what's not like there. Uh, Najee Harris is, a, is for me, a distant third only be in, you know, I, I put it, maybe we'll talk more about him later. Uh, you know, right now it's, you know, if, if I look at him, the, the times I've watched him and Jake, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I think you probably watched him more than any of us as a Steelers fan. I don't necessarily see the explosiveness. I mean, yes, he is featured in that Pittsburgh offense and he's getting a lot of volume, a lot of targets, but I don't, I don't see him as this, you know, we, we talked about the Patreon show. There are a handful of running backs that can just dominate your playoff run and, and win you championships like Derrick Henry and CMC guys like that. I don't know if Harris is that, that type of running back. I just, I just don't know. Um, maybe he is, but I'm not necessarily sold on him as the, running back one in dynasty. I'm not even sure I have him in my top five, honestly. And maybe that's a mistake. Um, so, but those are, that's my rankings for those guys. Now I got to ask if it, there was no tight end premium, would that change at all? You know, I don't think so. Cause I, I still think back to last year and you know, the most of the championship teams that either I had, or, or I saw one, one of my leagues, they had a difference maker at the tight end position. And I just think he's going to be a difference maker for a long time. So um, I, I just think having an elite tight end is, is super valuable. I get, you know, I guess in terms of dynasty value, maybe that's the, the wrong call because you, you typically don't see tight ends in the first round of your dynasty startup leagues where you certainly see running backs and wide receivers, but I don't know. I, 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 am a bias towards, towards pits. I, I love pits, but. Uh, I'll go. So I'm going to go chase Harris pits. 
Jamar Chase is an absolute elite wide receiver in the NFL. That connection between him and Joe Burrow is a budding relationship for a long time in that organization. And he doesn't even really realize, I think, how good he is yet and what they're doing. At the, the, the peak wide receiver performance reliance week over week, he's not a sell to me. He's an absolute hold if you have him. You're happy you have him. Uh, second is Najee Harris. Najee Harris in the receiving game has been absolutely elite. Uh, he had a week with 19 targets in that Steelers offense, and that Steelers offense is horrible. I don't care that, like, the I mean, he, I mean, he did have 102 yards receiving, but like on 19 targets, you kind of have to assume that. But that this is the worst I am going to assume that we'll ever see the Steelers offense be moving forward by far. So I, I'm going to take his next three years of production, maybe two, but give me two. And I think he'll outproduce what Kyle Pitts does. I think at the tight end position, again, you would take Najee Harris over Travis Kelsey. I, I think at this point in time, most of us would. And so that's why I like I, I want that that like Harris has been durable. He's taken big hits. You've seen him play. I've actually seen quite a bit of Najee Harris, and he is electric and he is a great running back, and he is reliable in every facet of the game. And that's what I want moving forward. But the thing that uh, that's what only moves him ahead of Pitts, and it's only by just a little bit because I absolutely love Pitts as well. Pitts is really flash. He's shown all of the things we wanted to see out of him coming into this season uh, and for what you want to see for an elite tight end. But I'll take the elite running back for fantasy point scoring overall over Pitts. And then I think Jamar Chase is even – Jamar Chase is just like next level bumped up because he has established himself as the absolute alpha in the NFL, alpha on that offense – and that that wide receiver position, when you click to start him, like your fantasy point opportunity is better than what I think like like Najee has at, at running back. And that's so crucial at the wide receiver position in fantasy because you know Tyler Lockett, even Tyreek Hill this year has had down games. Uh Devontae Adams, everybody else is less reliable uh right now. So like I, I want that like click like click and play starter. Yeah, this uh, the question wasn't meant to be easy, right? Like, we're clearly talking about probably maybe, like, the three top assets in Dynasty right now, uh, not talking on a super flex level. It's um, it's fun considering they're all rookie picks, right? It's um, it's, it's tough for the wait-to-see-it crowd. Um, this is why I'm a big proponent of acquiring rookie picks because I feel like it's typically the cheapest you can acquire these guys. Pitts and Chase and Harris, even, at the rookie draft, these guys were not easy to acquire, but if you're trying to acquire Jamar Chase right now, Kyle, like Kyle Pitts values probably stayed relatively steady. But if you're trying to acquire Jamar Chase right now, good freaking luck. This, the guy is borderline unattainable um, from my understanding, like just based on trade offers I've seen on Twitter, trade offers I've put out there myself. Um, I couldn't imagine like what it would take for me personally to sell the guy if I had him in anywhere. He's uh, Ju- Justin Jefferson plus another good piece is I think right. Like, I would like so they're borderline both of them fighting for a wide receiver one in Dynasty. I would say like they both have a decent case. Jamar Chase, like twenty one and a half years old, um, like he is. We have not even seen close to his potential. Like this is his first year in the league. He is only going to become more familiar and more confident year in, year out, especially, and with his connection with Joe Burrow, right? Like, this is literally just the beginning, and he's already pretty much the wide receiver one in his rookie year. With all that being said, I'm still taking Kyle Pitts before him just based on that position scarcity. Um, similar argument for Pitts. He's 21 years old. He's 
like we're seeing just the beginning of what he has to come in his um, potential. And, and like, man, for these two guys, I would be, I would be happy to like pretty much move um, the farm for, to acquire these guys because they are um, fundamental pieces for not just now, but the future, right? Like if, if you're a rebuilder or a contender, you, you would do anything to, to have these guys. So um, you're going, you're going Pitts, Chase Harris. Yes. Um, I, I think, I think Pitts long, like the uh, new quarterbacks be coming into Atlanta. I have more concerns about that than I do with how the Steelers offense will operate and Shamar Chase will operate with Joe Burrow. That's the only, like it's, it's, you take any one of these guys and I agree with you. Cause I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong, you know, in taking Kyle Pitts first. So mm-hmm. but it's, it's fun. Kyle Pitts has finally exploded and it's awesome. Yeah, and th- like this isn't a, a shot at Harris at all, right? Because like I said, we're dealing with who I think could be the top two assets in a one QB dynasty league. Um, Harris being an older rookie, I think has um, hurts him a little bit for me anyways. Like DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, both younger than him currently. Um, same with Antonio Gibson. I kind of keep them all in a sim- similar tier, similar category. But Akers similar- and Dobbs has to be earning him too, right? Uh, if they come back and they show that they like the injury is yeah, not something yeah. to worry about, then absolutely. But I, for me, I kind of want to see it first, but similar to rookies, this is when you want to acquire them. Not after, not after you see it, but before, right. You want to take that chance because they're going to be cheaper now than later. Um, but in that same breath, like Will already kind of mentioned, things are only going to get better for Harris and Pittsburgh. They like, is Aaron Rodgers going to enter the door? Like who is, who's coming in for Pittsburgh, but they're going to be better than big Ben. I assume that the line is going to be their biggest need come the off season. Like they know they need to address it. They're they're They shouldn't be stupid in that aspect. I want to say they won't be, but it's time will tell. Um, and that's similar thing as can be said about um, DeAndre Swift situation, situation, um, John, uh, Antonio Gibson, not playing with a tear in his shin. Um, so I think that Harris is closer to like the guys around him. I understand that RB scarcity, you could use that as a reason to pick him over a guy like Chase. But I, I, I like the fact that Chase is 21 years old and he probably has like his career. It is a safer bet that he's going to have a longer career than Najee Harris just based on uh, wide receivers versus running backs. Right. But um, that ceiling that Najee Harris has that potential for, I do think is he has that RB one potential just because he catches so many passes, right? Like, we can't understate that enough how valuable it is. Yeah, and I, I think you guys do make a good point about um, Harris is that we're, we're we haven't necessarily seen his his ceiling because I because I say even though I've you know I haven't watched enough of him where you know just what I've seen it doesn't seem like the most explosive guy but honestly I I number one I could be way off on that number two just the usage he's getting I mean he's one of those rare running backs that doesn't have that competition in his backfield either right like everyone else isn't running back by committee it seems even some of the the you know more higher tier guys um, but but he he is the man in that offense it should get better uh, the offensive line will get better even if the quarterback situation is is murky here in the in the near future. Um, I, I, you know, I, I mean, right now it's not great with, with big Ben. Right. So I, I, I do like those, those points. And, but honestly, we're talking about three guys, 
you'd love to have any of them. And um, we probably should move on to talk about some other players that are maybe a little bit cheaper to acquire. Yeah, you actually can acquire. <laughs> that you can, because yeah, all these guys are, are red hot. And if you have any of them on your roster, you're, you're pretty pretty darn excited. Well, here, how about the, the first guy on the list? Maybe not the most exciting guy to talk about after transitioning away from these three hot rookies, but somebody put on the show sheet, Mark Ingram, traded to the Saints. So um, I wonder who did that. And is he is he really worth discussing? Um, um, in terms of acquiring, because I just kind of see this as a, like, do we think he's going to take any uh, like m- meaningful touches away from, from Alvin Kamara or j- just, just somebody to add to depth in your dynasty rosters? Yeah. I just assume Jake put this in cause he loves old players. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely put it in cause it's like the fresh and new and exciting news of the day. Um, it happened pretty much an hour or two before we hopped on. Yeah. Um, so I guess like the implications, like, I think it's a good move on it, at least on an NFL wife, because at least he's familiar with the system. He, like, he, he is well liked in the locker room. There's not a huge transition there. Um, obviously Ingram aging running back, probably not too much tread left on those tires. Um, and probably not too much relevancy left in a fantasy, um, terms, but is he going to take away, uh, reps from Alvin Kamara? Does this make David Johnson or Philip Lindsay more attainable on a dynasty level? Is Scotty Phillips a deep add? Like I, it, it does uh, it does definitely have some impact around the league. Oh, I think it makes Tony Jones droppable. Uh, if he's been clogging up an IR spot in your even your redraft or dynasty league that you have, uh, I think this is a show that he's going to be out a lot longer and that they don't trust what he's going to be when he comes back. Parker Ingram has been integrated into that place for almost his whole career until he left for Baltimore for a little bit. He's a, what's funny is like Mark Ingram's like your classic, like he's a locker room guy, you know, he's a locker room guy. Like he's going to be so motivational and I, and I hope he is, but I, I do think he's going to like, he's going to take some of the work. They, they basically saw in Seattle last week and what they had to do with Kamara and Kamara is one of the best players in the NFL, just hands down best players in the NFL. And they don't want to have the wear and tear in his body now that they haven't paid. So he'll at least get some touch. Like, I mean, if you get eight fantasy points out of Mark Ingram, that's a big boon. If you got a spot start him in your fantasy, your fantasy squad, like that, that's really nice. If he gets like a couple touches, maybe a couple uh, catches. Goal line carries. Carry. Yeah. And I mean, you can't take Kamara off the goal line. That dude's the most elite player at the goal line in the league, maybe. Uh, but the, the whole thing with Mark Ingram is I love the veteran ad on the Dynasty League as a spot start as you go throughout the season. We just hit Bipocalypse. You're going to see trades being made or pickups being made overpaid for Mark Ingram because of Bipocalypse. And I, I can't remember how it's going to go the rest of the season, but I, I, I think it's great for the Saints overall and great in the locker room. But the biggest impact to me overall, guys, is like I'm, I'm just done with Tony Jones. Yeah. Well, let's continue the the old guy talk, you know, according to old guys for dynasty teams, because the guy I put on the show sheet that I'm dying to talk to you guys about is Tom Brady, because he he's he's interesting, right? I, I mean, if you if you have Tom Brady and you're not a contender, you know, what do you want? Uh, you know, you want to sell him? Uh, should we be buying him? Because I I figure that Tom Brady has at least a year and a half left, right? Because he's, he's signed through next year. He wants to keep playing. He is the rankings. I'm like, and he's a number one quarterback in dynasty. And, and I guys, when I think about Tom Brady, he's kind of unique because let's say you, let's say you have one of the difference makers at quarterback on your list. So you, you've got Mahomes or Kyler Murray and Josh you Allen. have, 
Yeah, Josh Allen, right. Lamar Jackson. Right. You have one of those difference makers, but then your QB2 and your Superlex team is, um, oh, let's say Carson Wentz or Daniel Jones or something like that. Um, so you, you, you're like, oh, Brady could, could you know, make this team better. Do, do you, why do you handle him? Because he's obviously super valuable this year. I mean, do you think this is going to keep going? I mean, he didn't initially have a good game against the, the Bears last week. He looked a little bit off and he still had a, didn't he have a QB one week? I think he threw three or four touchdown passes, something like that. So what are you guys doing with Tom Brady? I'm, I'm curious. Cause he, cause I look at him, it's, it's just like super interesting cause he's so old and it's not a guy you want to go out and acquire, but at the same time, I don't know, man. The most, the most classic player that you can say off the cuff of, Oh, he threw like three or four touchdown passes. <laughs> like right? you would, Ryan, you would kill for that for Justin Fields right now. You would absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I yeah. Would. So uh, I think Tom. So Jake and I have talked about this a little bit. Is uh, I think I think Tom Brady's worth worth the first if you're a competing team, and I, I I don't see going away from that. I don't think he's a guy that I would be trying to acquire though. I'm going to go some other routes for the future, but at all costs, if an absolute losing team has Tom Brady, they'll they'll first of all they'll they'll be willing to take future assets for like pennies. So like a Khalil Herbert uh, or a Elijah Mitchell for Tom Brady and his super like those kind of things, maybe plus a pick, maybe you can send the second, maybe you can send something else, but you might in the super like you might be able to get Tom Brady in those kind of deals for like younger players and assets. When you need Tom Brady is your winning piece for the season. He's, I mean, basically like he's not going to get hurt. He's going to be fine at worst moving throughout the rest of this year. Yeah. And you might have other options. I mean, they're like, you know, looking at the top quarterbacks, like the Matt Staff- Stafford is on the board. He's a little bit younger. You know, obviously you have to pay more for him, but maybe he's a better investment. He's really quite a bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, what you have to pay for a guy that could really be a difference maker. I mean, Tom Brady kind of stands out, but obviously the downside to him, Jake, is that he's 45 44. years, 44, yeah. almost 45 years old. And, you know, he probably has a year and a half left. Maybe even retires after this year. Who knows? Yeah, um, my opinion, like it's, it's not rocket science. If you're not competing, you should be trying to sell Tom Brady at all costs to the highest bidder. Um, don't don't hold yourself short and target one team and target all the teams that are bid against bid get bid against each other. Um, if you're a competitive team, would I acquire Tom Brady personally? No. Um, regardless of him being top five this year, I said in other podcasts, Ooh, I'm this not changed. here to win a championship i'm here to win a dynasty um we're playing dynasty um while i think tom brady is here for more than one season and he can be a difference maker in a championship or not this this season and next season um i'm not sure if i'd be willing to pay what it would cost to get him um i think you kind of laid out a good alternative like if i can give a little bit more for matt stafford i would be i would be going that route um i have a league where i'm actually undefeated or I was undefeated, sorry. And there was a team who was in the last place at the time who has Tom Brady, who you would think would be trying to sell Tom Brady. Um, I actually offered my first, which should have been like 112. Um, and he came back with a first and Rondell Moore. And that's just something that I can't get my head, like I can't get my head around, including a 21, like a 20 year old um, young wide receiver with tons of potential, his whole career ahead of him. Um, yep. for the short term, I understand like you'll, if it, if, if it's a boob that's going to win you the league, I, I understand that. And you push your chips in, especially because Tom Brady isn't just because he's 45 years old. I think we can all agree. Like 
can we take a vote right now? Is Tom Brady playing next season for the Bucks? I would say yes. He's playing. Yeah, I'd go yes. I'd get, you get, this is a two-year rental. So, like, I can um, get on board with Tom Brady. Like, acquiring Tom Brady still helps to winning a dynasty. Like, back-to-back championships is, a, like, on your way to a dynasty. So, I understand it. But if the price is a first and a piece like Rondell Moore or someone like that, I have uh, trouble with that because I think it's pretty similar to a Matt Stafford type or like transitioning to a guy later on the list. Um, Justin Fields, like a guy like that, like I'm sure the owners panicked right now that Justin Fields can't can barely break eight points a week. Like at best, like obviously he's not helping your team this year and he's probably not going to win you a championship this year, but at least on a dynasty level, if, if this cost is similar I want the guy who has a Kyler Murray potential ceiling, even though we're not seeing it right now, than a guy who could be out of the league in a year or two or one really bad injury. Like, who knows, right? But Yeah, <laughs> like if Tom Brady gets his hip broken in the next game and then has to waddle around, it's probably over. But... And pulls a Ryan Fitzpatrick or something. Um, Sorry, Ryan. If, if that happens, I still don't doubt Tom Brady. I expect, like... He might, yeah, he might come back for two more years just to show yeah. that, like, that hip didn't stop him. Yeah, exactly, right? But, but it, so, like, it, Rondell Moore has boomed this year. We've seen the explosive of Rondell Moore, and we've seen how that uh, Carolina... Or, sorry, that Arizona offense is a complete way again. So, but, like, don't go Rondell Moore. Go uh, Elijah Moore. Go... Terrence Marshall. Uh, Terrence Marshall. So, yeah. Like that, it's, those... it's it's a lot easier to stomach then, but I I would train my how I play. I would start I with that transition too. to a, a younger guy who I think can still help me. But it's, I understand a, that Tom Brady being that much of a difference maker. It's it's a good point because one thing I, there's the one league I've tried to acquire Tom Brady. It's actually one QB league, and it's six points per passing touchdown. And, and my quarterback situation is not brutal but it's not fantastic i got like matt ryan and ryan Tannenhill, right so i i have inquired the guy that has him and he he just wants way too much for him because i think people like tom brady having in the roster even though he's not going anywhere this year i mean he wants my first in a one qb league and i thought about it a little bit i was like what am i what am i doing that's just way way too much to pay and i just can't come to to terms with him so it's not going to happen so i think that people want more i mean and, and you should try to sell him high right jake as you said if you're not contending try to get as much as you can so i think people want more for him than they than he's really worth at the end of the day and then the other thing too um oh, well well on the flip side of that and in super lex league if i've got my, my late first I, I think i'm i'm more aggressively looking to sell them than usual this year because i look at this um 2022 class guys and I see the quarterback situation. Malika Willis from Liberty is kind of interesting to me, the dual threat quarterback. But other than that, I'm not loving any of the rest of the quarterbacks. Then Why I is think that you, Matt Corral? Let's go. Then you got He's going to the Steelers. He's going to be awesome. Then you got a couple of like Spiller and, and Hall. The two running backs are kind of the two. And then after that, the running back class, I don't think it's very good. I think it's going to be much better in 2023. Maybe three or four wide receivers I'm excited about. Um, there's that, um, Texas A&M tight end that might be good, but basically I think, you know, after that, I, I don't think it's an amazing rookie class. So, um, so maybe Tom Brady's one of those guys that if you can say early at first and, and get him for that and a little bit more, not Ronda Moore, maybe that's I, more appealing. I, I also think you, if you can manage it, you can wait for Tom Brady. Can, can you guys not see this? Tom Brady is making an MVP push this season. So 
come closer to playoff time, closer to the end of the season, and you still – or maybe something happens and you need that extra quarterback push, I think it's like you don't need to buy him right now unless you absolutely need his production to be for your playoff push, which I think is fine. But I think come closer to the end of the season, guys, I think I think Tom Brady is literally like legitimately trying to make an MVP candidacy for his legacy because he's so obsessed with that. I mean, it's complete narrative street, but he is so obsessed with that type of thing that he wants that so badly that by end of season, if 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 it's a run versus a pass, he's checking to a pass and throwing it to you know Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Godwin. Like they their their weapons are so elite, it's so much fun. But I think that he's gonna have a good amount of passing touchdowns if he hasn't already accrued them later on. Let's talk about, uh, well, it will be fun to talk about Justin Fields. Before we do, let's talk about one more um, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and that's Antonio Brown. Um, so what are we doing with Antonio Brown? Because he's, you know, he was a guy that you guys know, I was, I was, even though I've got him on a couple of my rosters, I was kind of down on coming to the year. I'm like, you know, he's such a head case. He's not gonna make it through the year. Clearly, though, he when he's healthy, he's been playing. He has been Tom Brady's guy, him and Gronk when they've been healthy. But, you know, right now, Gronk's not healthy yet. And Antonio Brown is all of a sudden not the healthiest guy in the world. So what are what are we doing with A.B.? So it should be should be mentioned that he has an ankle sprain near his heel. Um, Arians was asked about it today. And um, if they, if he thought that week 10 or a post fire turn was in the cards, then Arian said that he thought it could be more long-term and obviously on a, fa- on a fantasy perspective, that is cause for concern. Um, AB a- has been good enough this season that he's worth um, a stash at the end of your bench in hopes that he comes back for the fantasy playoffs. Cause if he does, he's going to be, he's good. He's going to be starting for you. Um, but in the meantime, this makes like, Gronk is returning and this makes, him, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin that much more valuable. Even um, Fournette has pretty much solidified himself as the workhorse on that team, I would say. So um, I would say for DFS and even more so, like, well, not more so, but even Dynasty Redraft, I think these guys are pretty massive buys because consolidating that target share, um, like Mike Evans had three touchdowns this week. Um, Well, a little Spoiler for I have a hot take coming up next for for who's next to blow up in this offense, but consolidating um, the like AB throwing four touchdowns a game on average right now. Take out AB, all of like just one less guy. Yeah. Uh, so with AB having because the the thing came out that he was on crutches during practices today, and as the old Michigan coach Rich Rodriguez would say, not good. Uh, but I, I still think easily like, – I saw him traded for a third-round pick in the league, and that, that'd be an easy scoop and score for me. Uh, he Antonio Brown has enough left in the tank where, like, a third-round pick is an easy swap. So it just depends what the cost and what you can get him for. But I'd give up any third-rounder for him, even on, like, basically on close to non-competing teams. I feel like his value is still high enough to do that. Yeah, I don't think uh... – AB's career is in jeopardy at all. Um, I would, I almost think that AB is probably going to follow Tom Brady a little bit, right? Like as long as Tom Brady's around, I would expect AB to do the same and how he could uh, continue his career post Tom Brady as, as well, of course, right? Like this, he's, a, he's Antonio Brown. He's a walk first ballot hall of famer. So he's definitely and, an ad. 
And even if he gets you just this year, because he's 33, you know, I mean, you got to be careful, but you're right. Well, third round pick for the production he could give you down the stretch. It's, it's a pretty, you know, it's, it's a, you're not, you're not giving up a lot to, to take the chance, you know? So, um, do we want to get into, uh, my my guy justin fields and talk about i love whoever put this on the show sheet time to panic question mark i, I love it I, and i'll i'll hear what you guys think first because i have some very um i have a lot of thoughts on this as you might imagine but um let's see you guys want me to go first i'll, I'll start off literally 10 gate 10 days ago to, to the day um i was in a league where i was pretty desperate for a quarterback i had russell wilson go down and trade lance on by and instead of acquiring tom brady because the ask was too much. I went and I, I paid way too much for Mr. Justin Fields. Um, it was not necessarily a buy low because I feel like I paid the ironclad price, but he was a guy at rookie drafts that him and Trey Lance, like those top few rookie picks in a super flex draft, they're pretty much impossible to acquire um, because those those teams that who had those early picks pretty much needed that franchise quarterback, right? And Justin Fields, Trey Lance, with that Konami Co potential, um, you thought people, you thought those were the future, right? So, in a two tight end superflex league, I traded two first round picks, should both be late, a third round pick, Terrence Marshall and Anthony Schwartz for Justin Fields and Tyler Conklin. So, I think right at this very moment, two firsts is probably. Um, buying high for Justin Fields is probably too much given his performance this year. Like what, what would you guys pay for and what would you guys sell him for? Uh, I, I'm uh, personally, I'm not, well, well, well you want to go first. Or you may go first. You, you go for it. Yeah. I, I am. I'm not selling Justin Fields and Jake. I think what you paid is a, is a, is a good price. Honestly, I think it's kind of a bargain based on what he can become because we've got to remember something. I, I don't think it'd be, it can be understated how horrible two, two things are in Chicago, the, the, the coaching staff and also the bears offensive line. It, it's, it's very clear. Now I'm not saying Justin Fields is perfect because the, but the bears are asking him to do things he's not good at yet. Like it's their offensive line is so bad. The bears have to rely on this short passing game to get the ball fast. But even with that setup, that he he's not getting enough time. So this was an athletic article that you got to hear this according to NFL next gen stats since fields took over as starter, he has had a 9.2% chance of being pressured after 2.5 seconds. The NFL average is 5.9%. After three seconds, he has a 20.9% chance of being pressured. So he he's getting uh, pressured unbelievably. Um, they are not putting like, a guy like him. There should be more, um, you know, RPOs or pass options. The, the Bears offense is not doing that. It's like this short passing game. They're not putting him in a position to succeed. Now, it, can the Bears coaching staff totally break him and, and he could lose all his potential? I guess that's a risk, but let's just wait on him. I, I think once I, I'd be surprised if Nagy survives this, they don't get a new coaching staff, they don't get a new GM. And, um, you know, I, I'm suspicious about these offensive linemen they drafted, but they're going to get healthy. They're, um, uh, second round, um, you know, um, offensive lineman's going to come in here. Larry Borum, who they're excited about, is going to come back. So uh, just wait, just be patient. It may not happen this year, but I, I think eventually someone's going to come in. They're going to hire a, a coach that knows how to utilize Justin Fields. Uh, and maybe he's not going to work out. Maybe he's going to be a bust, but I don't think you can judge it on his start to the to his career because their offensive line is so bad. Their coaching is so bad. 
Yeah. So Jake, I think the trade that you made was, was totally fine and fair on both sides. Cause I do, I think it's time to panic on Justin Fields. Absolutely. I, I think it's, it's absolutely time to panic on Justin Fields. Uh, <laughs> this is bad. Uh, but if you have him, I'm not, I'm not panic selling, you know, like I am internally panicked, but I'm not externally panicked with what he can do and moving forward. But I am uh, le- legitimately concerned. Uh, if he outscores Ben Roethlisberger the rest of the season, I'd be surprised. So if you're legitimately panicked and you have Justin Fields and let's say you're not a contender, do you take two firsts and Terrence Marshall if you see if it pops up in your inbox? Yeah, probably. I'm into that. I feel like it makes sense for like that's what I mean. Like I think yeah, those are really great trade for both sides. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because I think it's o- I think it's now. totally okay to be panicked on Justin Fields. It is bad. And he his pocket presence is Daniel. He's Daniel Jones bad in the pocket. And I get that there's miscommunications about potentially 12 people, 12 men on the field. There's also a defensive offside potentially miss, but those passes were still god awful. So it's it's uh it's both like he's that 12 men. Yeah, sorry. No, but there were still horrible, horrible passes, Ryan. This isn't like a 50 50 ball. This is an arm punt. This is bad play. So that's why I am panicked about Justin Fields. But if I have him, I'm not looking to move him unless I get an offer where it is too early first because, like, I, I actually be willing Wait. to gamble on the, the next year's go and that Justin Fields doesn't rise to the talent of those two picks because that's – I mean, that I, I'm willing to take that gamble, but I'm also willing to take the gamble on Fields. Like, I, I that, that's the thing. That's a great trade. Go ahead, Jake. I think he's a guy that you should be uh, sending out some low-ball offers, though, because – like yeah. how can you not be fearful right um i said it i said it earlier my favorite quote in the world be be greedy when others are fearful be fearful when others are greedy this is a hundred percent of time where every field's owner they have to be a little worried it is impossible not to be like he can't break 10 points and he's uh, he's got that konami code like he should like you see jalen hurts no matter like he's a terrible passer everyone says he gets fantasy points because at least he's got the legs right like this is what we expected for justin field's floor and he doesn't have one. Like his floor is negative points in a lot of leagues. Like it's, it is terrifying. And in the same breath, like that we talked about with like Ryan, he's got that ceiling. Like I thought he had that a Kyler Murray esque ceiling in him. So he's worth like when, when owners are fearful, be greedy, send a first, like send one. Like I, I sent a lot because I, like, I respect the owner. I knew how hard it'd be to get him. I knew how much he liked him. So I, negotiate and played hardball but send some cold offers out there and you have no idea who's going to bite uh have you ever heard so warren buffett has been the dan patrick show quite a bit so warren buffett would be like eh, be be greedy when others are fearful <laughs> be fearful when others are greedy he has like he's one of the he's one of the nicest dudes on that podcast in a great interview but his voice is like yeah yeah i'd be acquiring trust fields everywhere he probably would be and another guy in the same breath. Sorry to run if you have more to talk about. For no, just just one thing yeah. I want to say is is in the the where I do worry about Justin Fields, and I, I think sometimes in the dynasty community we get really excited about guys because we love them in college or we see their potential NFL level or with quarterbacks a dual threat, and we were all excited about Justin Fields, and where everyone's like, you know, he's going to be great, you know the. That, you know, these teams should take him, and we laughed at Denver for passing on him and Carolina for passing on him. Well. You know, which which franchise do you trust more? Which GM do you trust more? Do you trust Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears? Or do you trust, you know, what's going on in Carol, what they're building in Carolina? I, I mean, I mean, you can make fun of Sam Darnold all you want, but 
I don't think they ever thought the Sim Journal was truly the answer. It was just a stopgap measure. Um, uh, so maybe those teams knew more than the Chicago Bears. It's very possible. So uh, he was drafted 11th overall. So let's just also remember that too. So I, I think he's worth the risk. But but yeah, I, I think that you know it, it, even though I came out and talked about how bad the coaching staff is and how bad the offensive line. You know, those are th- those things are true, but there are also some troublesome signs. You're you're right, Will. He's he's made some poor decisions, and it's not all on their offensive line or the coaching staff. But I anyway. mean, he's still he still look really good in purple. Cousins <laughs> look pretty good. That. That's that's not the problem in in, in has not has not it's against Cleveland. Not, it's, it's not like he's been up and down at best. All right, fair enough. All right, and, let's. And- go another ahead. guy in a similar ask to Justin Fields. Um, maybe he's. Maybe his mom is rubbing off on him too much, but he's looking awfully busty. Um, Zach Wilson, would you guys <laughs> would you guys take like a random future for like a 2023 first? Would you would you take that for Wilson at this point? Just too scared of the Jets? 2023? No. Nah. At least 2022, maybe. you can predict where it would be. But 2023 yeah, is yeah. a bit more randomized and it's a better draft class. So you might be more inclined to wait the extra year. I'd be willing to wait uh, longer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, I, I th- he's one player that I don't. I think I have most players on my various dynasty rosters, but I, I, Zach Wilson is among those that I just. It seems like there was those people in drafts that liked him better than me, and there were other players that I liked much more than Zach Wilson. So, um, what's his value I, I, right now? What's his value? It's that probably is his value though, Jake. Yeah. I think. I mean, for somebody that's looking to sell or looking to buy, it's probably a. 2022 first. I don't think it's more than that. I mean, Zach Wilson yeah. or Tom Brady. Oh, gee. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll actually, I'll go, I'll go Tom Brady. Obviously, obviously, that's very team dependent, right? Because if you're competing, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but in a, in a complete, in a complete vacuum, I'll take Tom Brady's production and as, like at least guess he's going to play next year because like tw- 22 uh, year age difference. But I, He's twice but, as old as him. Uh, yeah, I have a question but, for but you. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is four times better than Zach Wilson. Uh, easy. Uh, well, let's go younger quarterbacks. Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? Uh, Ma- I feel like that's Mac Jones. Easy. Oh, Mac Jones, easy. Showing. Slam dunk. Ryan, get out of here with oh, that. I think so. T- I think so too. But what the about- argument for for Wilson would be, you know, the upside. You know, he he's got the a little Patrick Mahomes in him, whereas Mac Jones is just going to be the cerebral quarterback that won't put up big fancy numbers. I'm just I'm just throwing right. out there. I'm with you. All right. uh, just, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson in a second. Justin Fields. Fields. Okay. What about Derek Carr straight up? Daniel Jones straight up? Sam Darnold? Like, where does he rank in those guys? Uh, I think but, I would take Daniel Jones. Uh, I wouldn't take either the other. Take him. Take Wilson over Carr? Carr is doing, like, playing really well this year. Actually, yeah. maybe I would take Carr, because I actually like this new Raiders team, too. You could see that last week when those emo leagues came out, how bad the Raiders players played for Gruden. It, it was... It was visible on the field, like drop passes that almost look perfect. This is conspiracy theory, next level of, uh, you know, being the the mayor of Narrative Street. I'm not, but uh, the the Raiders were done with Gruden. So, like, I actually, yeah, I would take Carver Wilson. It's a Um, uh, tough one. That is. It's pretty even. Um, I guess I'd probably go with the known commodity in car because I, I just don't believe in, in Wilson. I just, yeah. So, like, we, I think uh, Will and I talked about a little bit in the Patreon show 
what like the Jets are scary right now, but like they they have a new regime, right? They have Robert Sala there. They we thought they were doing well in the draft. Um, I don't see them straying from Zach Wilson right now. Like obviously Joe Flacco isn't the guy. I have no idea why they're not bringing in Cam Newton over, but they're giving up draft assets for Joe Flacco. That's a completely another. Well, Flacco was in that. Right Flacco was there, right? And the fact they went into the season without a confident backup, we I think we mentioned on a previous show, was incompetence on an ownership on a management level. But I, I think Jake, some teams have just decided with Cam Newton that I think a lot of teams it's unspoken they don't want to deal with guys that are unvaccinated. So I, I think he's, Cam vac- he's, he's vaccinated. vaccinated. Oh, is he vaccinated now? Yeah. Oh, oh Ryan. Like, like oh, be- Ryan. No. He could be seen as a headache, but like I feel like that's just racist. But like, <laughs> that's just me. the the thing The thing I will say about bringing in Cam Newton is Cam Newton is a very likable guy and a very likable guy in the locker room. You do have to be careful with leadership principles within your organization with a guy like him because he is so loved by everybody. You don't want to bring in somebody who's so loved by everybody and then move on from them back to the quarterback moving into next season. I so, think they would be worried that Cam Newton is better than Zach Wilson, like going forward. Cam Newton is so better than Zach Wilson yeah, exactly. right now. So it's I not close. It's hard to convince the locker room. Yeah, so like otherwise. if you're building for that future, you do have to be careful. So bringing a guy like Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, there's no threat to Zach Wilson. Not future. winning hearts and minds. But, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a reason that the, the Patriots sent him on, on, on his way, but I would think Zach or Cam Newton would be good, a good, you know, like a veteran leader for, for your, your quarterback to learn from. I mean, is, is it Joe Flacco? Is he the guy? No, I, don't I think the, C, the Seahawks should have signed him for sure when Russell Wilson uh, went down, but. New Orleans should have signed him. He's better yeah, than I mean, both we quarterbacks. Go, we can go Let's on go. and on and on. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the amount of teams Cam Newton could be a better starter for is long. And he's a better so, backup for every team, but that's again. So uh, the, the next one I just put on here quickly was Mac Jones. Have you seen enough of him to be willing to invest future assets into Mac Jones? Uh, I am not. I, he's still a hard, a hard player for me to want. Like I, I, I'm not that solo Mac Jones overall yet. I, I want to see more that Patriots offense has, has excelled against like the jets and, and he, in the, the Texans, but uh Overall, how impressed are you guys with, with with Mac Jones? And let's let's just talk quickly. We can we can talk trade value, but in general, uh, are are you happy with your Mac Jones picks? Um, I I'm happy with my sorry I'm, I'm happy with my Mac Jones pick because I feel like I was picking him. I was letting others take Zach Wilson, and I was happy to take Mac Will, Mac Jones after the fact. And clearly, in hindsight, that's a win, right? Um, I think we we have to be happy with what we've seen of Mac Jones so far. I feel like it was probably silly to doubt him going into this year because in a year where we knew so little with the pandemic, with just how many starts guys were getting last season, I feel like one thing we should be we should have been able to draw, trust is like the starting quarterback in a Nick Saban offense and like what he showed last year, um, and what he's showing this year with Bill Belichick, right? where I love Mac Jones is my QB two in a super flex league. Like I love the floor he brings uh, week in and week out or in a best ball league. I'm um, not having to like start, like he's not going to be the guy that he's going to have a huge 30 point, even 40 point weeks. Cause he doesn't have that rushing upside and he's not throwing four touchdowns a game yet at this point in his career. Um, but as a QB two, like I, I love that floor um, in a 
one QB league. Not a huge Mac Jones guy because he's not uh, he's not winning me weeks, right? Like if anything, he's a huge deficit compared to because we we you already named guys recently in this podcast. Like there is the top quarterbacks. There are they're league winners, right? Like Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Allen. The list goes on. <laughs> with the rushing upside or just, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, just got to get Justin Herbert. Yeah. In there. Justin Herbert, like all of those guys, right? Like you have to compete with those guys in one QB leagues, um, 10, 12 teams. Like there's so few of them where Mac Jones is pretty irrelevant in those cases, but in a super flex league as my, as like that floor, as that floor guy, that number two, number three guy, I love him. And as, as the investment in a rookie draft, I was very content getting him at the end of, round one like that seemed like a steal then and it definitely in hindsight it's a steal now so moving forward uh mac jones or justin fields i'm taking mac jones for the ceiling personally but clearly mac jones has shown that he has um he's taking fields for the ceiling yeah i'm taking yeah sorry if i don't if i said otherwise um just Mm because that konami potential right but right now it looks like jones has like his his career ahead of him is more uh, in stone, right? Like I don't see Stable. him going anywhere. Just where Justin Fields, he could be out of the league in a year or two. Like, like that's the risk involved with him. Where Mac Jones, I think right now, he's he's going to stick around the league for a little bit. Yeah, I, I totally echo exactly what Jake said. Where where I got him in the late first round of of superflex leagues, um, very happy with what I paid for. Uh, you know, right now as a low end you know, QB two, but has the, you know, he he could eventually be a, like a higher end QB two, but, but right now on uh rosters where he's, you know, QB two, QB three, that's perfect. Well, so I think you gotta be happy with him because he he's not going to be this difference maker in your, for, for your dynasty roster, but he's a startable piece and, and he's a solid NFL quarterback. So yeah. What's, what's not to like for what you paid for him. Right. I mean, he has not. Yeah. I think I might have phrased that question kind of poorly to say whether or not you're happy with that draft pick. Cause of course you're happy with that draft pick. Cause you got him as the last quarterback off the, off the list, which is my fault uh, for phrasing that. I would take Mac Jones over Justin Fields right now in a startup draft. I think that's an easy click. You said Mac Jones first. Yeah. I would take Mac Jones over Justin Fields. I think that's definitely fair. Like I, I, th- I think saying, I think saying opposite is buying too much into what we've seen from both of them. Yeah. Like what, what our expectations are for Fields. And I hope I'm wrong because I'm. I love. I love Justin Fields. That's we should get away from that. Like I absolutely love his talent and what he can do. But right now, uh, I would easily take Mac Jones. I, I don't see what's wrong with both those opinions. It is hard in the NFL to be a rookie QB and succeed. Like not every guy is Justin Herbert, and we're kind of seeing it this year. So Mac Jones to do what he's doing, like that needs to be taken seriously. And he's. It's his rookie season. He's 23 years old. He's only going to develop, right? Like when he is the age of Matt Stafford, like he's going to have so much more knowledge and more confidence in the league. Like we are, it's kind of just the ground floor with him. Like I'm stressing just because we're not seeing those, the high four touchdown games yet doesn't mean that's not in his range of outcomes. Right. So I'd, I'd love what you are seeing right now. Like you have to be happy. Yeah. And it would pay me. It would pay me to accept the trade where I'm receiving Mac Jones and send it with Justin Fields, but I, I'm not kidding guys. I would do it. Yeah. Like a first and a second for Mac Jones, I think it's completely reasonable. Like, like I would prefer Mac Jones in that, I think. Yeah. Right. I, I'd want, I'd want more as the Mac Jones owner. Yeah. Like why, why would you sell low or like medium? Yeah. You know, Cause fair. you paid a first. So you're getting a second on top. Like that's not next year. Yeah, second. Multiple What's that even gonna be? Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. So two firsts for Mac Jones. If you think they're mid to late. 
like, are you happy paying that? I think you could probably I'm okay, buy I'm okay, Matt I'm Jones okay with I'm okay with paying that. Not not yeah. stoked. Yeah, I think that's but a, I think that's I think good that's value. Fair. I think that's what you should expect in return. It, it, guys, we should. We're, I don't think we're gonna get through all these these names. There's a lot of names. No, nope, we're making about, it, Ryan. Let's go. But we should we should grab, we should grab a couple more and, and then move into um, we're doing some it. underdog picks and uh, no, we're not. There's no way we're gonna get through all these names. Rapid fire, no. much faster. Okay, right, choose but, your favorites. Uh, well, I was thinking we could talk about uh, uh, Bijan Robinson, who's is a, a Debbie prospect because because I I love this name on the show sheet because um he he's he looks like the real deal right um uh so we know what youth chaser put him on the list yeah i wonder what youth chaser put him on the list but yeah so i i, I think he's i i've not looked at w rankings but I, i'm sure he's at the very top of most people's w rankings you know he's uh 2023 eligible that 2023 running back class looks pretty pretty awesome so um but in terms, but if we're not in a Debbie league, and he's probably hard to acquire in Debbie leagues, what, what's what's the play? Are you are you basically saying, uh, Jake, that you just want to like start to go? And I think that's that's kind of conventional wisdom, right? Like the 2022 class is not great, but the 2023 class looks awesome. So I want to gobble up all those 2023 picks if I can. So I I love Bijan Robinson, and my the main reason is that every year I feel like there are a few guys who seem like sure things to me, like. Um, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts this year, got the Saquon Barkley, um, Zeke Elliott type of guys, right? And I think in 2023, Bijan Robinson is like the no-doubter of that draft, at least for me. Um, at least that seems to be the consensus so far on Twitter. It seems to be what he's showing every Saturday, right? Um, now, what what to do if you think that he is the future 101 in 2023? Not every league you can acquire 2023 picks and this is kind of just a nugget you want to keep in the back of your mind. It's not super actionable right now because what you think would, could might be the 2023 first right now, um, that owner could easily, especially if you were to sell that first, he could easily go all in and trying to build his team to compete that year. It's a hard thing to predict. Um, but I think come this off season, when teams are trying to make a push, they're trying to make, they're trying to get those, um, trying to get extra assets. You can actually help them that season. I think you should be trying to acquire as many 2023 picks as possible because they're lottery picks, right? Like we have no idea how stuff, how fantasy is going to turn out. You don't know if you're going to get a Dobbins and an acres injury um, before the season even starts. And what you thought was a championship level team is actually an Owen six, like an Owen seven team, right? Like it's too hard to predict, but you should be trying to acquire as many as possible because Wait, what could be a buy high now? And if you like, if you think, oh, this is going to be the pick, I would, I would pay too much now because I stress it over and over again. These guys will be more expensive after they show it in the league than in the in the rookie, like in the rookie draft, right? Like Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts are excellent examples right now. Like, sure, all these guys are risks because you want to see it first, and I'm doing air quotes because I don't believe in that, like special guys like Bijan Robinson, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, like you can like sure it's not a hundred percent positive positive, but it is a very safe bet to make that you're gonna gain value on like for your dynasty teams. And these guys are league winners, right? Like I think you can make the case if you're in Devil League that this guy is a top five RB right now. Like he is he seems special. 
So yeah. obviously lots can happen. Um, he could he could have a career-ending injury and never make it to his rookie draft. Um, not come with that. Never. Journey happened. Brown. <laughs> Journey Brown. So Marcus Lattimore. <laughs> so that's why I think it's a nugget you want to keep in the back of your mind. But you should be. He's a guy you definitely want to be targeting. Yeah, uh, I, I think Bajan brings up a curious case of investing in the 2023 draft class. Ryan, we were in an auction where he went a higher cost for a contract league, but whatever. He was a higher cost than Brees Hall. So yeah. Brees Hall, to me, it's coming out next year. He has immediate production in the NFL. I, he, to me, he's very similar to Bajan Robinson. Uh, Robinson also has 146 carries. He was hurt last year. 146 carries in seven games this year for Texas. I, I, so the thing is like future prospects, uh, I, to invest in 2023 picks, unless it's at the 2022 draft and you're moving towards the future anyway, I agree with that. There are some really great prospects for that. And he is one of them that has the potential to be absolutely elite. He also has the potential to be dust in the wind by then. So I am waiting now to do anything like this for the future uh, with leagues that offer, you know, 2023 pick consideration because there will be enough hype and enough good players. The 2022 class doesn't suck. Like let's not, let's not like, like phrase it like this is going to be some horrible class. I mean, we've thought classes in the past that they didn't have a lot of breakout potentials have had absolute tons of breakout potential. So the idea of like, like sending a 2022 for 2020, like, like let's Keep that as, as a part of the equation. Uh, I'm not interested in doing that yet. We need to see more. He has been absolutely electric. He has absolutely performed in the field. I mean, he has 10 touchdowns in seven games on the ground and another three through the air. So, like, he's been an absolute lead prospect, but he's not. He's His BMI is, is exactly like elite. He's not Saquon Barkley. He's not Zeke Elliott. Uh, I, I kind of want to see how this all plays out. Jake, yeah. final word on Robinson. Um, I, I agree with you, Will. And you you had a nugget in there that I think is like worth um, digging deeper on. If you're on your 2022 and you're on the clock in the draft pick, if you can move back and acquire future picks, like that is the move in every draft, right? Like you're, the goal is to be building that treasure, treasure trove of assets. And if you can be building for the future at the same time of building now, like maybe you have a guy in a similar tier in round two than other guys in round one. Like this year seems like more of a crapshoot for a lot of guys. Like there's, I want to say three or four or five quarterbacks that kind of all seem in like a middling range. Like people can't, there's no consensus or this could be a good year that you can move back and acquire more picks in the future. And who, who knows, maybe injuries happen and that pick turns into an early first all of a sudden and not just Bijan Robinson, that whole draft seems to be a bit better. Right. So I think acquiring 2023 picks should be a move regardless of, earlier or not but we can move on all right guys we i i count seven names left let's do it in seven minutes we're going to spend a minute each so we each have 20 seconds we're going to rapid fire you guys ready for this i love it all right here we go so the first name 20 seconds each calvin Ridley. go jake so I put him on the list. Um, I think he is a clear buy low in pretty much any league, um, redraft or dynasty. He's had elite usage so far this season and especially throughout his career. Um, 27.4% target share. That is a, a, and a 40% air yard share. So he's still the wide receiver one on that team. And that is a team that is throwing at an average of 41 times a game. So you want pieces of that offense. 
We've talked about how Kyle Pitts is unattainable. Calvin Ridley is the most attainable he has been in the last three seasons. Yep. Uh, I love this both dynasty and redraft uh, and almost especially redraft. Yeah. You know, if you look at when he's played targets, eight, 10, 11, 13, 10, he's getting the targets. The production is going to come. Always playing from behind. Like still really good at the football. He, he's, he's a buy. All right. Next name. We're doing great. Cam Akers. I'll start it off again. Another guy I put on the list. Um, I love Cam Akers. Always have. He recently has posted workout videos where he looks more athletic than I have ever in my entire life. And this guy is coming off of an Achilles. Um, is it insane? Absolutely. But we are in a day and age now where it is becoming less and less crazy to think that um, athletes, supreme athletes, like the guys who dedicate their entire lives to this craft, to their craft, it is not insane to me to think that these guys can come back um, from an injury that doctors are improving on year after year. You have Olympians coming back quicker than ever. You have guys on in many other sports coming back. And just based on these workout videos, this guy seems like legit. So um, I think he's a, a buy low right now. Um, and I think McVeigh is saying he could come back for the playoffs. Um, I think that is a shoe in that he should be healthy for next season. hundred percent. Hopefully. Will. Uh, well, I was right. I was gonna let you chime in first. With your okay. Well, I, I will say, I, I disagree. I think you should use this news to try to sell acres because I will believe it when I see it. I also think that you can't sleep on, uh, Henderson who, who has come on and looks good in that offense. So even if he comes back, I don't think he's going to have the backfield to himself. So, I, I I I use this news to try to to push Akers, and I have them on so many rosters, and I'll still have many, uh, many copies. And so I I love the Cam Akers workout videos coming out and everything like that. I don't think that it actually shows anything that's like actually fixed or anything like that. We don't know what the baseline is for those workout videos, like running through strings on the ground. Yeah, he looks really explosive, and of course he's more athletic than any of us. We ever <laughs> if one of us has a better better workout video to post than any NFL athlete, I'm in for that. And we should promote that like hyperly uh, overall. It, even though I did jump higher, I can jump higher than Dave Montgomery. No, he's come, he has come but, uh, Achilles, but I, I, mean, I, uh, I, I hope but, you're but right. General, though, I just don't, I generally don't care about workout videos and what they're doing. Uh, and I agree with Ryan that this could be a potential sell high if you have him on like a sash bench roster. But also, uh, Jake, I've also been a big Cam Akers fan and I think he's totally worth a buy. But I also think Henderson is great. I, I, not great. Really good. Not not quite at the great level, but really good. So long story short, uh don't 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 overbuy on this video. All right, Tua Tagovailoa. Benjamin Albright has a verified Twitter account has come out and said that Miami and Houston have agreed to terms, but not have agreed to a deal because of the pending litigation of Mr. Deshaun Watson. Um, I think this is absolutely the most disrespectful thing you can do to your starting quarterback who was the QB one overall last week. Like, I don't know how you can possibly let that news get out if it is true. And I don't know what you're doing. If like why the ownership is going so out of their way to say two is not the guy and to get Watson, who is a criminal sex offender on their roster seems insane to me and completely disrespectful to Tua. Well, uh, I completely agree that Tua is being completely disrespected by that organization. They are ruining him as a quarterback. Uh, send him to the Vikings. Let's go. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm perplexed by Tua. I, I don't know what I want to do with him. And I, and I don't know what's going on with Miami and, and, and that that ownership. And uh, just wait and see. I think you just hold on to Tua if you got him. He will be a starter uh, somewhere. So if you could buy low, I think it's worth it. 
Yeah, I think at, at, at best, Miami's doing a bad job. At worst, they're doing an absolutely horrible job. <laughs> uh, Michael Thomas. Um, I think a return is imminent. There's not too much news out there right now. I've seen um, week nine. I heard it was supposed to be post by. haven't heard too much yet. I've heard week, week 12, like if he, he is guaranteed he should be back by then. But again, who, who knows? But I think he's a shoe in to walk into a wide receiver one role on that team and even potentially a wide receiver one role for fantasy, right? Like he's still Michael Thomas. Um, Will and I talked about it on the Patreon show that you should not doubt the absolute superstars in the league. Like these guys are um, who they are for a reason. Um, and I don't think anyone is stopping Michael Thomas and the Saints need them him more than ever. Uh, would you pay a random 2022 first for Thomas? Yes. All right. And a heartbeat because he's Michael Thomas. Yeah, I, I'd consider it based on team needs for sure. Um, and I hope he comes back. My IDP guys invitational team needs him. He's on the bench. Okay, Damian Harris. Second straight game, over 100 yards. He's finally showing his workhorse potential. Third straight game with a TD. Ramadre Stevenson with a healthy scratch. You have James Way on IR. J.J. Taylor sucks. Who is supplanting this guy? <laughs> Brandon Bolden. Special teams guru on the like ace on their team. That's, that's I know. I, I'm just kidding. Uh, hard out on Damian Harris rest of the season. I would trade him away for as much as you can possibly get right now. If I can acquire him for first, bit, easily, if, Michael Thomas easily. If whatever I can acquire him for a bit more than a second, I love it. Um, especially more than like paying a first plus for a guy like Joe Mixon. I'd rather. I think he's a cheaper ad and a sneakier ad who has potential long term um, role too. Right, like he's only 24 years old. They can ease running backs don't matter and. Patriots haven't been like have been pretty loyal to running backs a bit too. So he's, I, I no, think, he's had he's had too many problems. They're not loyal enough. I, I don't trust this at all. Yeah, I, I think he's um, an opportunity one way or the other. I think if you have him, you you can move him, maybe get an interesting piece back. And I think if you really need running back help, and a lot of teams do, I think he can help your team. So I think I think it's uh, once again team specific. I, I um, uh, Debo. Yeah, quickly to Debo, if it weren't for Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase stealing the limelight overall this season, we'd be talking quite a bit about Debo overall. He's third, He's third, I think, in the league in – well, he's second in the league in yards per game receiving with 648 over six games, so averaging over 100 yards per game. And I realize this is just stat talk, but Debo has looked like the most electric part of that offense by far and has been absolutely incredible. Uh, so his pace has been pretty darn good. He has four tutties receiving, one rushing. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last, like last time Jake and I talked, but in general, I'm still a major seller if I can be. Quick opinions on Debo. I think yeah. his talent is undeniable. Um, you saw it last year, just his ability um, after the tackle. This year, he's actually getting the targets down the field. He's pretty much made Ayuk um, like a non factor in all facets, which we've talked about as being just like insane and almost irrational. But Debo has been so good that like it's actually happened, right? So I think that's and take note um could, could you sell high based on a season um absolutely but i also think that you we are probably seeing what debo samuel is i don't think he is valued high enough and maybe it is the cooper cups and chase stealing the limelight but i think i think he is the real deal and i don't think people are coming up to that quick enough yeah, I, I think Debo is interesting because I think he can be acquired ra- rather cheaply because I still think there are people that doubt him. They, they realize he came into the league as an older prospect. And, and but, I, but I'm I'm with Jake. I, I, I'm more interested in buying him than selling him, although I can, I can see the argument to sell him as well. Uh, Gardner Minshew. Um, I added them to the list because 
Mr. Sirianni has come out and said that he has looking more and more confident in the offense. I think Jalen Hurst says, I think the team is getting less and less confident with him, although how great he is for fantasy um, at an NFL level there. I think a point will come where the NFL, like where Philadelphia is going to want to see who, what they have in Gardner Minshew and Hurts might take a seat on the bench. So he might be worth uh, a late, like a, if he's on your waivers in the dynasty league, I think he is worth the ad or even just tossing the, like a third, the owner's way. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely worth acquiring because I think that Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, so I have, I have a league where it's one QB. I have to decide between Matthew Stafford or Jalen Hurts every week, and I, I always I'm really reluctant to click on Hurts, but I start him, Jake, and it's it's always the right call because it seems like he always outscores Matthew Stafford. But it's ugly, just a great you know great for fantasy numbers, but man, he's not a very good quarterback. And, and I think the, the Eagles, especially if they lose to Detroit this week, which, which I think could happen, um, we, we might see Gardner Minshew. So we'll step away for a second because um, I know he'll want to talk about this next guy. But we'll go first. Saquon Barkley. And with a yeah. big name. We, uh, we, we did talk about him a little bit in the Patreon show. We'll actually press accept on a Saquon trade during the podcast, uh, at least the Patreon show, where he sent two middling first-round picks for Saquon which I think is a massive buy. Um, we talked about him and CMC. These guys are the elite of the elite in the league. They're only 24, 25 years old. Sure, they're injured now. Sure, they were injured last year. Would you be surprised if Saquon Barkley was the running back one for the next three, four years? Like, Derrick Henry's 28, 29 years old, and obviously he's like a freak of nature. Not saying everyone can be like him, but Saquon Barkley's a freak of nature in his own right in a different way. And... Um, I, I just do not doubt these guys. And if people are having their doubts of Saquon or even CMC, like because um, injury risk, again, I'm doing air quotes right now on a podcast, um, genius by me, you should be acquiring these guys at cheap at all costs if you can. And right under the 22nd limit. Uh, so quick, Gardner Mitchell, completely agree. Great acquisition, especially for a third. Uh, he is a great dart throw. Saquon is the most elite running back prospect we've had almost of all time when it comes to athleticism and metrics. Uh, I mean, he's up there at least. And at worst, he'll still be on the Giants in the future. He'll still be a focal in the offense. I did do make that move as we talked about on the Patreon uh, show. It's like middling first, but they could be like at least, you know, 106. 100. Like there is some risk involved in that. But uh, I, I absolutely still 100% believe in Saquon. I will not give that up because he is better than most play. Like he's still a top, he's a 99th percentile player in the NFL. So if I'm going to take a risk and buy some guy like that, I'm going to buy him over other players that people are acquiring for. Like we had a conversation about Daryl Henderson in our Patreon chat about, you know, what's his value. Uh, I would rather give up two firsts for Saquon than give up a first for Daryl. And I, I, I would probably be Not willing close. to do on there. So anyway. Yeah. And this is the cheapest I think Saquon has been in a long, long time ever, maybe since he's in the NFL. So like the, now is the time. And would any of us be surprised if he, you know, repeats the way into 2019 where he just like crushed it in the fancy playoffs, you know, week 15, 30 points, week 16, you know, 43.9 fancy points. I can see it happening. I think Saquon's going to come back and finish strong. I think he's a nice guy to get to close out your, your fantasy season in 2021 and uh, help you beyond. So, and still potentially the best running back in the league, like on a talent standpoint. Yeah. When healthy. Yeah. I mean, well, I, 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 absolutely. I mean, Derek Henry yeah. right now is the best running back in the league. Nobody wants to mess with King Henry, who used to be King Leo. It's clearly King Henry, and I was wrong. 
All right, guys, we, we made it through. We made it through the player discussion. So now we got a little bit of time to get into our our news segment before we get into our hot, bold, spicy takes of what are we? Week eight? We're going into week eight, right? Yeah, it, um, says, week, it says week 10. We'll have to change that. Um, but, I did that both times. I'm, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, looking, looking ahead a couple weeks. Living in I, the future. So week eight, uh, you know, since, you know, we are the Fancy Joes kind of modeled off of the um, – average Joe's Dodge, sort of yeah, their dodgeball life. movie dodgeball yeah true underdog story well how about our underdog picks of the week so, <gasps> i was waiting for you to say underdog so. oh who wants to go <clears throat> who wants to give our first underdog pick not me um not, i'll go first with hell um i'm gonna go with a, a, a big one it, it's the new orleans saints over the tampa bay buccaneers and my thought process here is that this game is in the superdome the, the saints they they've they've got a, i think solid defense they need to win and, uh, you know, Tom Brady wasn't as sharp as usual. You know, it looks like Antonio Brown's going to miss again. I'm not sure Grunk's going to be back. So I, I think the Saints have enough to pull out the upset. That's a tough place to win. It's going to be rocking. And I, I, I like I like the, the Saints to pull pull off the big upset over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, like, I like your pick for the spread. Well, because it's five and a half. So I think like an upset, that's still pretty, like, that actually gives a lot of respect to the Saints with what they have going on there. So Ryan, uh, I like to pick, and I think it's a totally fair one. I will log into my bookmaker account and I will place uh, $10 on them to win outright, which I assume will net me like, tw- like $20 if, uh, if we win my pick of the week is going to be the Eagles are traveling to the lions at Detroit, which has one of the most faithful fan bases with having one of the worst organizations in the history. Both teams are an absolute mess, but the Lions actually have some fight and grit to them. They're three and a half point dogs at home. So they're saying on a neutral field, the Eagles are six and a half points better than the Lions. That is absolutely horsefully. Uh, These are two like close to bottom of the barrel teams. And that just absolutely astounded me. And I think this is where the, the Lions get their first win. Yeah, I want the Lions to win this game so bad. I, I feel so bad for the, the Lions, so I'm, I'm hoping it's going to happen. Because if it doesn't happen here, it's going to be Thanksgiving Day. The Lions will, will have lost up until then, and they'll, they'll beat the Bears, of course, on Thanksgiving. That will ruin my Thanksgiving, so it's got to be got to be here. Jake, you, you like it? Lions going to pull it out? Yeah, I do, I do like it. I think it's a really interesting week for like close matchups. I think there's quite a few underdogs that you could pick for this week. Um I, I have three written down, but of course I'm going to pick my 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 pick. I go with what? Yeah, of course, of course. You got Pittsburgh. I think will I think will beat the Browns this week. That's a three point spread. Um, is that Case your pick? Keenum, Case Keenum Browns. It is not. I am I am working uh, work, working my way up. Teasing. I think the I Bears to, I can beat Sam. Ten dollars on this. I think Justin Fields is going to could like show up for once, and I think uh, Sam Fran Jimmy Jimmy G is a uh, he's, he's Jimmy G. I don't think he's anything special. I think Fields can beat him this week. But my pick is the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence beating lowly Geno Smith and the Seahawks. And that's a three and a half point underdog. I'm kind of surprised by it. Cause I think the Seahawks and Russell Wilson are pretty garbage. So is that game in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta travel across the country to Seattle. That's, that's, that's a tough ask for, for Jacksonville, but I, but I like it. I mean, it, it's certainly possible, especially with the uh, Geno Smith led <laughs> Seahawks offense. Right. <laughs> um, anyway. All right. All right, guys. Good. Very good. So we'll have to do uh, like a little uh, follow like, up. You know, well, and I have, I now have 30 bucks on bookmaker.com or dot you, whatever to win. I think 51 60. If all of our picks hit right. 
That's doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> well, there's just trade beds. It doesn't. Seem All we need to do is hit one. Yeah. All right. But that's not a that's not a par, that's not a parlay. That's just no, just, no. Yeah, if yeah, I did yeah, a parlay, par, parlay would have been. I I might do a little parlay and bet like a dollar because then <laughs> yeah, I'll win like fifty bucks. But. There you go. There we go. All right. Um, well, let, let's move into then our hot bolt spicy takes for week eight. I'm not even sure where we're at. I, I know that one of you has gotten one of these right. Um, but as a reminder, since we've done this for a while, we've got five levels. There's banana pepper, jalapeno. Abanero, Ghost Pepper, and the Almighty Carolina Reaper. The way this works is one of us will give our hot, bold, spicy take. I think we're going to do one each, um, maybe a bonus. And the other Joes will assign <laughs> their heat level and decide how hot is it. If it's a, we think it's a weak call, we'll go banana pepper. If we think it's red hot, it'll be Carolina Reaper. So, uh, anyone want to want to step up and lead us off? I'll start us off because I, I kind of already alluded to it with my narrowing down my underdog pick. I'm going to say the Chicago Bears are going to beat San Fran and Justin Fields is going to do something he has yet to do. And he's going to get 20 fantasy points, which, it's, which I have to think is double anything he's put out this week and this week, this year. I, well, I, I don't know if Carolina Reaper is hot enough for that. I mean... Wait, you know, are you serious? Is, 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 is he, is he possible? Is it possible? Okay. First of all, the bears winning the, 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 the bears have to beat San Francisco. It's at soldier field. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I think the two teams are, are probably pretty close in terms of talent. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's not, I'm maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it's not Carolina Reaper, but I think it's pretty hot though, because I, I mean, remember it, it's, it's, he's as a talent to this obviously but is that will that bears offense allow him to score over 20 fantasy points i don't know uh yeah i'll go carolina because the both because they're full point dogs i hate kind of hate that i kind of hate the 20 over 20 fantasy points because i feel like those two things are contingent uh overall but you are right he's had a horrible fantasy season uh his top in a four point for a passing touchdown like like very very standard uh quarterback scoring is 12.2 points and he put up a negative oh like 0. 0.07 last week. So I also hope this happens because I do have to start Justin Fields in a redraft two quarterback league. So I am very excited for it. Do I put ten dollars on the upset though? On bookmaker. It's not my ten bucks. So right. why not? We're doing it. It's live. All right. All right. It's done. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So <laughs> well, you want to go next or you mean to go next? I, I, I can go next. Uh, I just want to uh, go quickly because this is a massive, massive parlay. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a top five wide receiver in PPR this week. Uh, and the Steelers beat Cleveland and Najee Harris is the number one running back overall in PPR. I like how independent they are. That's yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> two, different, two different games. Same hot take. You're just trying well, to lock in the Carolina Reaper on that, on that call there. Well, yeah, I just wanted all of it because, like, I got one hot take, so I'm, I combine them all into one. I don't know what you want from me. Um, I want I want your hot takes, and I'm giving it a Carolina Reaper, Jake. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy, Carolina Reaper. We might have to like almost lower our standards for other Carolina Reaper. Like, it's gonna. No, Jake, this it, is you said a high, high bar. You're right right now me, Jake is. I always go hard in the paint for my hot takes, and they're always wrong. <laughs> well, clearly, Let's, based on this one. I'll no, be curious it's what you happen. It's going to be awesome. I'm curious what you guys think of mine because um, part of me thinks like, is this really that hot? But I, I think it is somewhat hot. 
Um, I think Kansas City, they, they've got a Monday night game that they're on national television. I think it's a get right game for them. So I think they're big three. I think that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill will all finish as uh, top three at their position. So, and it's rare for Kelsey and, and Hill, I think, to both finish, you know, well, maybe not because the tight end position is such garbage. So what do you guys think? It's all contingent. Can you put Darrell Williams in there too? We'll get a little, uh, get a little poor season. No, okay. Uh, what about Daryl Williams? Um, man, that would be hard for that to happen. Top I mean, 12 RB. Yeah. Okay. I'll be, I'll do that. I'll make it more fun. Top 12. All right, Carolina River easily then. Let's go. All right. It, it was Carolina before, but like, let's get Daryl Williams in there. You know what? Like, if you didn't add Daryl Williams, it would not have been Carolina Reaper for me. Just because Tyreek, uh, Kelsey, and Mahomes, like, they should be top three almost every week, right? Like, I would assume most rankings weekly are going to have those guys in that range. And you were talking about the New York Giants, two and five. Not a not a formidable defense by any means. And like you said, Casey needs a, a get-right game. And, like... They are due for it. So I fully expect some kind of offensive explosion because they have to be pissed off in the dressing room. So I, t- I think when you add that fourth position, um, absolutely Carolina Reaper. But we'll see that. I mean, it's easy to say we all expect it to happen, but man, the, the Chiefs have just been off this year, or, or at least, you know, when they play, when they play bad opponents, though, they, they, they have looked good, but then the, you know, opponents that are, you know, as good a, as them or, or better, it's just, you know, I don't know. It's, it only put three points up last week against the Titans. It just blew my mind. But anyway, let's see. I, I think they'll turn around. I think Andy Reid will get the, them turn, the, turned around. So um, guy, any, any other, you know, bonus takes you to throw out guys, or should we move into the two minute warning? Uh, Smith is running back two overall in PPR. And that's also the lines beat the Eagles. Yeah, you guys love it. Swift is getting more work, more uh, more share to that backfield. So it's 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 happening. DeAndre Swift emerging. He's yeah, also think, really uh, he's also really good at the football. Yeah, he is. You have to think Swift and Hawk show out um, in any Lions victory uh, because I don't see them winning out without without those two, right? So I think that's a fair bet. Um, Swift being RB two overall, um, that's that's pretty that's calling your shot, obviously. I would, I wouldn't, you can't go Carolina Reaper just based on the other Carolina Reapers we had. Why? Show. He's not, he's not two. He's not three. He's not one. Or sorry. He's not, two. he's got to finish two. If he finishes one, one forget it. Forget it. Uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Ghost Pepper. That's based that on the by other one. should be Carolina Reaper. Apologies, Will. It's a bonus. Like, we don't have to even sign a heat level, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't, you don't, I don't to, think this is going to be Carolina Reaper in comparison to the other Carolina Reapers we've had, but. We had Mike Evans going three touchdowns last week. We had Tom Brady on average um, scoring four touchdowns. AB has had a few multiple touchdown games. And with him, him being injured for the next few weeks, I think this is a Chris Godwin week. I think if you're playing DFS, he is um, an extreme value. I think he's like 65, like 6,500. And I think that's a, a smash play. You probably going to have high ownership, but Chris Godwin this week is going to go off against the New Orleans Saints, which is a formidable defense. And I think uh, Lattimore is going to take care of Mike Evans, which he has done in the past. But Gronk is returning as well. Is he? Is he actually back? I, hope so. I, I don't think he's back yet. I, I doubt it. I, I don't think he plays this game. When I, when I looked up this hot, this hot take and talking about the AB earlier in the show, I read that Gronk was playing. So I could, I could be wrong about that, but I, I would expect him to play. But that's... Then it could be wrong. 
Yeah, like, breaking back news, at practice. Rob Gronkowski is playing this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, I need Gronk back for my teams. Excellent. Glad to hear it. All so right. That's, a, that's good timing for Brady. Yeah. So, uh, two minute warning, guys. Uh, any Anything you want to share? Well, let's let's go around the horn. Jake Patterson, you first. Um, Sleeper is continuing to make improvements. Um, you'd love to see it. Um, we are an MFL first podcast, but what MFL lacks in is their ability to constantly improve and to make changes for the better, right? Where at least Sleeper is doing that. Their desktop now, um, at least today from my, I don't know if it is updated for everybody, like trading and things like that as is night and day better on the desktop site than it has been in the past. So I want to give Sleeper their kudos. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to be my two-minute warning. Uh, right. I'm a completely quarterback duty team. I paid 27 fab dollars for Joe Flacco, and I don't think there was a second bid. Uh, it is sadness in the Greenwood household. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Um, I, I just want to say to keep grinding on your rosters because you never know what can happen. Um, I, I'm in the IDP guys invitational and I, you know, started off a little bit slow. I was one and two, but I've won four in a row. I'm 27th out of 120 teams. I'm second place in my division playing the first place team this week. So, um, and that's just through grind in the waiver wire can continue to tweak and make moves. So, you know, whether it's a dynasty team, you got to make some trades, uh, you know, work the waiver wire on, on your redraft leagues. Just, just keep grinding. Cause it's still, you know, we're, what we're pretty much midway point, um, you know, before we get to the fancy playoffs. So even if things are not looking good, you still got a chance. So, so keep at it. Uh, never give up. Not, also, yeah. Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> uh, uh, also, I grabbed Young Way Koo off waivers last week. Young Way Koo is a top three kicker in the league. Uh, if he is on any sort of waiver that you have, he's passes by week. Kick spot start every week. Well, Greenwood. I have four leagues that have kickers. I hate them all, but they're redraft. Young Way Koo is a fun guy to cheer for, too. So there's always that aspect. That's kind of my angle for kickers is go for a guy that you like to cheer for. Well, also, the Falcons aren't bad. Like they're not that bad. Getting better. They're getting better. It's tough, tough for them to get in the end zone, right? So they they might be more keen to kick a field goal more frequently. But yeah, plays in a dome. But I love I love Ryan's point. Be more active than every other owner. It's it's the it is the number one way to gain ground in dynasty. If you are a losing team or a winning team, like a competitive team, if you're a competitive team, be sending trade offers to all the bad teams. And if you're a bad team, send a trade offer to all the good teams. Like you guys are going different directions. There's definitely room for deals to be made here. Be yeah, active. And, and don't don't assume that team that like you look in their last place, they got some, you know, uh, you know, like guys like Tom Brady on the roster, that they're necessarily active looking. You might have to reach out to them and maybe you can get a nice deal done because they're like, oh, no one's contacted me. So yeah, be the first one to reach out to somebody. Be that's, first, yeah. There's value. Because yeah. you don't you don't want your number one competitor again, Tom Brady, and all of a sudden you're you're down, right? Like Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Let, let's let's call the show. Uh, we are the Fantasy Joes. You can follow us on Twitter at FF Joes. You can support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Joes. Don't want to miss it. You can find Will on Twitter. He's at Fantasy underscore Will. Jake is at Takes with Jake, and I am at Rotor Librarian. So on behalf of Will and Jake, I am Ryan, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Oh, Jake, you are in my birthday day in the Eastern time zone. Let's go. Happy birthday, Will. Nine minutes until the countdown of the central time. So let's go. It feels good to be back, boys.
It does. We missed a week. We needed a we needed a longer show. Gotta make up for it. It's good. It's a great show. We covered a lot of ground. I'm so energized after this too. This is so good. I really love this. It was a, it was a great show. I think we should uh, consider putting the Patreon out too. It was uh, some good topics discussed. Yeah, Ryan was on there. It's in the cloud. Free the free the Patreon this week. Make free it a Patreon this week. We, we could we could release it. Like to our patron. No, right. No, Ryan, no, no. Give, give him like you, five minutes. Give him like five minutes. No, give him like five a day. Minutes. We could we could do the Patreon show for like a day early and then release it to everybody. The thing is, we I have such a bad habit of mentioning the Patreon show in the main show that you almost need to go the Patreon show first. No, it one. should. That, no, that should be a thing. We should always yeah. reference back to the Patreon show and say, that, hey, if you listen to this, you get the real good, real good opinions. Right, not the trash we put on the big show that you just listen to. Yeah, because Ryan, how much money are you breaking in from Patreon now? Like what, three, four hundred bucks a week? No, oh, thousands of dollars a week. I knew it. I saw your kids wearing some new some new Nike shoes that automatically fit to their feet. Those things are four hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Driving around town in my new my new Tesla. It's it's great. No, no I don't have a minivan. No, I don't no, have a minivan. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't don't, you don't want still. a Tesla. You got a better vehicle. I love the minivan. I think we might be. Uh, we might get rid of my car. Uh, we both work from home now, and so. Oh, wow! Just car one vehicle. That yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, like honestly, electric bike everywhere. Saves. I mean, I did recently request from Bafang China that they send me a few electric bikes so I can like disassemble them and reassemble them. I have not heard back. Well, they haven't sent you. They should send you at least one, like to have right. A, each employee gets one electric oh, bike. Oh, they so also make it. like. Like all those like lime like scooters too, you know that are around. Like they make all the motors for that stuff. Like they do so much. It's awesome. I need all those things, and I need to have all the fun. And your ghosts should probably like be delivered one. I don't know if we ship to Canada. <laughs> I can't. I'll, I can't. I'll drive there and crackers. scooter back. Ooh, we make a documentary. I love I'm it. Crossing, crossing the border. <laughs> yeah. Image <laughs> declare just a scooter. <laughs> Speaking about finances and employment, I am no longer pushing carts at Costco. Obviously, you guys are aware, but the listeners are not. Yeah. I don't know if big... it's so we cut off anyways, but put your carts back regardless. But You can't see that Jake is fist pumping in the background. Yeah, too, I'm very excited. Air, I'm not pushing air quotes. Anymore. There's no air quotes here. It's all chest pumps. It's just, it's dancing. I got oh. the news. I was getting a new job, and I, I drove right to Costco and quit the, the second I knew. You a Sam's Club guy now, or like what's going on? No, I, I unfortunately, the one thing you get in this employee is a free membership, and it was canceled the next day because they do, they have no. Well, yeah, it's given. HR. It's a big ass company. Like they're and sorry. I, I immediately had to go buy a, buy a membership because I'm still a smart shopper. At the end of the day, like I value my, the bottom, the bottom line. Jake still has 45 years worth of Tito's vodka sitting in his basement. <laughs> They don't sell alcohol at the Costco, the Costco's in Canada. What? Yeah. Well, they don't do it here either because in Minnesota you have to have a separate liquor store than you do at, like establishment. It's very weird. Oh, I was cross border Wisconsin, and they like half the Costco is liquor. You know when we go. Oh, so. Wisconsin is like liquor capital of the world. Like yeah. your kids can drink with you as soon as well, they can. What breathe else are you gonna do there at the store? Like True. the supper club slash like oh, I, I, I mean I, shout I guess out to it, all our Wisconsinites, but not really. <laughs> I, I, I guess it was the drinking age. Was it was it eighteen there? So people used to like cross the border and and go up. I mean, I didn't live by the Wisconsin border growing up, but um, all right. Well, anyway, anyway, with that, don't don't drink and drive, kids. We'll 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 catch you later. Yeah, drink all you want. Be safe about it.
Yeah, drink all you want. Just don't drink and drive. Call an Uber for God. There's no excuse yeah. in today's age to drink and drive because it's not like before. Maybe it's like, well, I can't find someone to give me a ride at 2 a.m. Well, you can Uber it. Like, like yeah, you get an electric scooter for Christ's sake. Yeah. Is there any rules about drinking an electric scooter anywhere? Well, it's state by state. Stay on the Jake, sidewalk, I actually, I guess. Jake, I have a whole spreadsheet if you want to see it. That was my <laughs> big project for the podcast. I know every state litigation or like regulation about e-bikes that you could ever want to what know. About, so hit what about me up. Canada? No, it's state. Canada's not a state, Jake. Okay, well, yeah, you should know. It's Canada. It's, the I didn't province. know it would be different. Obviously, I know state-by-state state basis doesn't include Canada. That's why I asked. Well, yeah, because you're like, what? You're in Calgary, right? Like, I don't know the rules about Calgary. <laughs> I went on Calgary. What? First of all, complete joke about where Jake lives. <laughs> I know. I know where he lives. Our, uh, one of our favorite patrons. Oh, uh, hey, New, New, I, I don't care about Newfoundland. I don't uh, care about Newfoundland's rules about drinking and e-bike riding. Nobody cares. Where, is Jeremy in Calgary? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I just kind of assumed he, he lived either actually, right, right from you in Niagara or something. He's in Humboldt. Humboldt. Just to give our listeners uh, his 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 information. <laughs> why don't you just why don't you give his personal address? Wait, you know, right? The combination to his, his you know garage to open up his house, he can get in and sell his stuff. Why how not? many uh, how many provinces can you name in Canada, Ryan? We want to do this. I can try. Um, how many are there, Will? Are there eight? I, th- I was gonna say eight ten. as well. As I mean, I was gonna oh. say ten. Um, so okay, northern northern territories. Are we doing uh, this together? It's a territory, not a province. Oh, really? There's a difference. Yeah, there's three territories and ten provinces. Okay. Um, there's New Brunswick. Yep. Going. Um, there's Newfoundland, Nova, Nova, Newfoundland, Nova, right? Nova yeah. Scotia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nova Scotia. So in the Maritimes. Uh, obviously Ontario. Newfoundland. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Alberta? Yep. What's British that? Columbia? I'll take that one on the other there side. There you go. There you go. You got it. How are we doing? Missing a few. Yeah, we are Four. missing. Four. We're 60% son there. Of a, son of a Calgary. bitch. Cal- Calgary. Wrong. That's in Alberta. That's Alberta. I know. It's a city. Do we say Alberta? Yep. Oh, Quebec. Yep. Oh, Quebec, the Frenchies. So we're at seven. Uh, New Labrador, right? No. Uh, Labrador is kind of part of uh, case. Labrador is up there, though. You see. North, okay. Northern Territories. That's a territory. <laughs> you got Yukon in there as a territory, and you got none of it as a territory. What are we forgetting? We got seven. Two in the middle and one, one little guy. Ed- Edmonton's not a territory. It's Alberta. I think Edmonton's Alberta. We got British Columbia. I wonder if I've messed up at all. Listeners probably yelling at the five messed is up. We, is, we have is a lot Victoria, of listeners too. Is Victoria a separate territory? No, that's I think is that's that part capital. of BC? Yeah, it's capital. Yeah. All right. I'm, 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 BC. I, will any final guesses or should we Google this thing? <laughs> I, 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 no, I think we leave it at this and I am sorry to all the Canadians. So you yeah. missed Saskatchewan? Yes, ah, Saskatchewan. We should have had that one. I feel like Minnesota. that one we should have had. Manitoba, Minnesota. Oh, I've seen no. Manitoba license plate. Minnesota. Oh, and uh, I don't know if anyone's ever said that before, ever. But um, and then a little tiny PEI. Oh, PEI. Yeah, right. Not not so bad for a couple of. Uh, that was actually really good. Americans. Right? What are you talking about? That is, I'm not going to swear, but horrible. Oh, okay. We yeah. Well, compared to most, like we we get. 
95 percent of uh, the, uh, americans they're not i could i couldn't name the 50 states i'll tell you that really God, could well, you you guys, I mean, you if, I, if, you gave me, if, a, if you gave me enough time, I can get through them. This is a classic episode oh. of Friends, trying to write down the fifty states. No, I, I don't think our listeners want to hear that. We should cut it off. I mean, no, I think man, we could. I think we could. Pretty, I think we could. Pretty at the edge of their seats, naming the states right now. Uh, where's it go? Like Alaska, Alabama, Hawaii. Arkansas. Oh, you're going alphabetical Arizona. order. Whoa, I mean, you, could, you could start there, and you could kind of. I was just gonna. I was. Just, I was just gonna go like Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Colorado, just like go kind of across the country. Why would you go Nevada, Colorado? Why wouldn't you hit Idaho, Utah? Like, yeah, Utah, I don't know. Arizona's before Colorado. I don't know. Well, all right, guys, we, we won't agree with this. So <laughs> we don't have time. All right, let's get out of here. We're calling it. All right, all right. Hey, More everybody. geography next week on the Fantasy Joes. The Fantasy Joes.